This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by Get Your Money Together Bootcamp. Oh My Dollars, immersive online course that covers step-by-step everything you need to know to craft your money plan, including instructional videos and worksheets. To sign up and get started conquering your money, head to bootcamp.ohmydollar.com. Use code podcast for 15% off. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give you practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. Let's talk about money. So last week, we talked about meal planning. And so many of you were so excited about the meal planning episode that we decided to bring on another guest this week to talk about batch cooking and making fitness choices without going broke. Uh, If learning meal planning is an introductory course on reducing grocery costs and food-related stress, batch cooking is the graduate school of frugal and easy food choices. So we've brought on special guest Emily Corso to talk about this and other fitness-related topics. Emily, our guest, was an undefeated professional cage fighter, formerly ranked number 11 in the world as a flyweight. She now owns Bold and Badass Fitness, a body-positive, queer-friendly, and feminist gym in Portland. Though she stepped back from MMA, she's currently ranked number one in making dad jokes before you finished your first cup of coffee. Emily, I'm so excited to have you on. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do and why we should listen to you about batch cooking? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I do, well, I'm a, I'm a former professional athlete. I, I run a body positive gym. Um, really quickly, what body positive means for us is just that each individual at the gym gets to define what they're working on. So some people will be working on weight loss. Some people will be working on gaining muscle, having more energy, not feeling like they want to hit people when they go to work. Whatever the reason you have to work out is that uh, being able to work on all those at once without someone telling you, you know, you should be wearing a smaller clothing size. That's body positive fitness. So um, what I do day to day is just help people lose weight, build muscle, feel freaking amazing, um, and really connect with their inner ability to be awesome, to do things they don't think they can do. We're going to talk about a lot of things, I have a feeling, um, <laughs> but I want to make sure we cover batch cooking before we dive into anything else. Um, you've been doing batch cooking for a while, right? Yes, I've been doing batch cooking in various forms for probably a little more than five years. Yeah. So did did you come to batch cooking because you were an athlete? Did you come to batch cooking because you were like trying to get a certain type of uh, type of nutrition in your food? Yeah, definitely both. I, I came to batch cooking while I was an athlete, while I was competitive, but not professional. And it, in that time, I had just finished college. So I was really broke. I was working a bunch of temp jobs making basically zero dollars. And um, I took on batch cooking both as a way to get more nutrition and as a way to like kind of stretch my very meager food budget. Um, So do you walk me through what like an average week, do you do batch cooking every week? 
<laughs> oh, you're going to get me. Um, so I used to do batch cooking every week and I've tried, I've tried a lot of different models. So either every week or twice a week, sometimes, um, some foods do better with that than others. And especially if you're eating whole foods, things like protein don't tend to last very long in the fridge. Um, right now I do it once a week. I do a very lazy form of batch cooking. So <laughs> it's not the, it, I'm not doing the graduate level that I used to be doing for sure. I, I go so back and forth. Walk me through what your lazy form of batch cooking is. Yeah. Like my, what is an, what is a, what is a batch cooking session look like? Yeah. So in a, in a perfect world, if you were going to batch cook once a week, a session might be two or three hours after, post um post shopping you're going to set out you know um one to three types of protein for me and i'm i'm a meat eater so i would do a couple different kinds of meat um i've been working to supplement with a little bit of other stuff but that's another story so a couple types of meat um i would do uh, a pan of grains so probably either um brown rice or something like that quinoa i experimented for a while with bulgur and amaranth and things but they're cheap, but they don't taste good to me. <laughs> Occasionally. Um, and then you would want to do some vegetables. I like to do like a big kale salad or a couple pans of broccoli or cauliflower, things like that. I'm a big fan of cruciferous vegetables, although there are a lot of other more exciting things Wait, to play what? with. Whoa, back up. Oh, what sorry. are cruciferous? Cruciferous. <laughs> crunchy. Things that are crunchy. Um, <laughs> Why don't we just call it crunchy? <laughs> yeah, things that are crunchy and green. Um I know some people are much more much more creative, much more into the foodie side of things might do like, oh God, I don't know. We used to do like roasted carrots, eggplant, just like, you know, basically every every vegetable that was in season as it came. But So do you plan out, do you know how many meals a batch cooking will get you? Or are you doing this? Because to me, it sounds like you're kind of arranging a bunch of ingredients that could be compiled into a quick meal. Absolutely. Yeah. For me, I'm not, I'm not a mom. I'm not like, I'm not uh, clever enough to do like, oh, here's my casserole. And then here's my eggplant Parmesan. I like to do just a bunch of things that I combine in different proportions. Mm -hmm. um, I follow a, a macronutrient based health plan, which means that I'm tracking protein, fiber, fat, and carbs and in a particular ratio. And so the easiest way for me to control the ratio of any meal is I'm like, oh, on this day, I need half a cup of broccoli. The next mm -hmm. day, I need a full cup. If I'm behind, I might need two, right? So okay. having the base ingredients, then combining them in the order I like is the easiest So way. this sounds, how hard is this? Because this sounds really <laughs> overwhelming. So this just, is not what most people would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what, what is, what is the more 101 version of this? Absolutely. So <laughs> what I, what I do with my clients is we identify, well, you know, two things. One, you may not be doing batch cooking at all right now. Mm -hmm. If you're someone who's eating out all the time, your first step is not to go from eating all your meals prepared by someone else to preparing all your meals from scratch as like chicken and broccoli kind of basic <laughs> ingredients. You don't go from zero to one. I think of it on a radial spectrum. So if right now, all, you know, you're eating out and you're eating like Arby's and McDonald's, just like the junkiest possible junk food your next step is to move one level closer to the center and eat out but eat stuff that's slightly better and then your next step is to have maybe prepared meals from a meal service they're less expensive than eating out and better for you and then your next step is to put batch cook some of your meals and then to batch cook mm -hmm. as many as possible so does it take a lot do you feel like it takes more time in the week in batch cooking or does it actually save you time well, it's a question of how much time you're already using, right? Mm -hmm. So this is where that kind of radial model comes in. Is like if you're someone who is making all of your dinners as an individual meal right now, and people usually talk about it on dinner because a lot of people seem to assume they eat lunch out or whatever. But um, if you're making each meal individually as it comes up, you're definitely saving time in batch cooking. If you're eating out for all your meals, batch cooking is going to take you a lot longer than mm -hmm. having someone else hand you pre-made food. But I would say, yeah, if you're if you're already looking at cooking your food, you're saving a lot of time from batch cooking even if you're not 
batching everything, right? So mm -hmm. just kind of like what you do, pre-prepping just some of the ingredients that you're going to use is still going to save you a lot of time. You might do only your proteins for the week, you know, if it's meat or only your vegetables for the week, and then prep each individual meal with all the other components as mm -hmm. it comes up, for instance. Something actually with vegetarian protein, tofu is one of those things where you've got to press it and there's like, this was a thing that I notice a lot of people that don't, didn't learn to cook tofu, don't realize how much better it is after you press it. Mm -hmm. And pressing takes a long time, right? You've got to like... You put a weight on it and you, you let it sit kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. You put it between two cutting boards or you put it between two bowls and you put a weight on it and it presses all the water out and it makes it a lot better at frying or baking it or whatever and gets that kind of crunchy feel. And that's... Tofu keeps extremely well after you've pressed it in either the fridge or the freezer. And so even if... It's very passive. All you have to do is press it. Like, you literally just put it between two things, walk away with something heavy on it. Um, but doing that on the weekend means that you don't need to start pressing it and then two hours later cook dinner on a weekday. Um, so that's ended up made, making a huge difference for me. I work from home now, so sometimes that just ends up being, like, at lunch I start pressing tofu for dinner. You know, it's... but. That makes it. A lot of us don't have the luxury, but yeah, yes, no, totally. Exactly. Um, and that that's actually a great point with like the batch prep stuff is vegan proteins in general. Vegan vegan food in general just tends to last a lot longer, even unrefrigerated, than um, meat eater food. And so for a lot of my clients who are vegan and some who are not, if you're going to bring a meal with you all day and you're not going to be the crazy lady with like chicken in her purse or like yeah. a cooler <laughs> with you, um, it's really great then to have maybe like a, like a quinoa salad or something because you don't really have to refrigerate it for food safety as much. <laughs> yeah. When I, so one of the things that's really frustrating to me about like keeping my eating out expenses low is that I travel a ton for work. So I'm constantly in airports where it's like $8 for like a really crappy bag of pretzels. Right. And, um, you know, if you've, you can't take in liquids, um, and if you don't check a bag and so it ends up being very frustrating to kind of put together frugal food. And one of the things that I've discovered is there is a couple meals that are like Brussels sprout salads that do very well cold. Like they're delicious cold. You don't need to find a microwave to enjoy eating them. They're, mm -hmm. they're also good warm, but also they can go through security and <laughs> I can batch cook them. And so I end up being the crazy person with like a Brussels sprout salad and like a Tupperware that I'm willing to like dispose of if I need to. Uh, yes. I use cheap Tupperwares when I'm traveling. So if they get thrown out, I won't be the one crying yeah not your pretty glass one with it yeah exactly uh -huh. <laughs> yeah yeah the the ones that like if it gets crushed or or you know the tsa takes it away because they think hummus is a bomb which i hummus oh. cannot go through the tsa just so you know really guys. it is the no. number one it's the best travel food but it can't go through the tsa all right noted yeah what if i put it in like a like a face cream jar or something if you're willing three ounces of hummus if you're willing to subdivide your hummus into three ounces <laughs> and then put it in which i have done three ounces of hot i do hot sauce really often like when i'm traveling to places that i know are gonna have bland conference food i will bring three ounces in my toiletry bag oh. of hot sauce so you're hitting on some this is like most people's number one complaint about batch cooking is that it's bland yeah. right or or just like healthy eating in general at any level and I, I hearing you say that I'm like oh my god I eat bland food all the time and it never even occurred to me to make it not bland do you get bored of eating the same thing me yeah um yeah I get a little bored but my boredom is really easy easily satiated um and unfortunately I think boredom definitely erupts in like having someone else pick my you know make my food um I can tolerate a lot of boring eating 
And the reason for that is that I've done it for a long time. And I think especially having been an athlete, when you have to eat a lot of food and you have to eat for very specific goals, you get a little distant from the, the perp, like you, you're all about the purpose of what you're eating and you're a little distant from like the experience of a delicious meal and ta- like, you know, taste your food when you're like, I have to eat two bananas before the next practice starts. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I mean, my food is a little boring, but I, whenever people ask me about like, is batch cooking boring? The thing is, is like, you can make those component parts, um, you know, in my best days when I was uh, a, like a full-time athlete, essentially I had like a side job, but I was mostly a full-time athlete. I had tons of time. I would batch cook all these different proteins and then make a bunch of different sauces and make a bunch of different vegetables. And it feels like you're eating different meals every time. If you season all of your things differently or you make two batches of chicken, one season this way, one season that way. Um, if you're really creative for me, I just kind of find the things I like and I do them until I hate them. And then I start doing something else. And <laughs> how long that takes could be, it's not a week. It's like three months, four months, <laughs> the same seasoning. I'm just, I'm not that clever. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely um, overestimate how much, I think a lot of people overestimate how much variety they actually need in their diet, especially yeah. if they're not used to cooking for themselves. And so they, they live in Portland and they go out to a food cart for lunch and dinner every single day. And so they think like they need the choices between the 200 food carts available to them downtown and they actually realized that they're pretty happy with about five different meals on rotation. Oh, yeah. Um, which isn't to say some people have a much more refined palate than I do and I, a deep love of variety and need to mix it up more. But sauces are the number one way to do that, right? Yeah, like you just season it differently, sauces, yeah. Because it turns out that like even in the world, the varied world of cuisine, there's really still only like a small amount of variations just with different spices on the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and different preparation methods. And I think at the end of the day, you know, most people are not actually getting that much variety anyways. It's sort of imaginary. Um, for me, I like to think about like how much would it take one, like, how important is it, right? How much is it attached to your priorities for it to be variety? Could you just get over that? Um, <laughs> too, but, like, how much variety does it take to be satiated? It's like, I can, um, for me, I, ha- I use a meal prep service for one of my meals in the day. So my lunches, I get pre-made and delivered to me once a week as a batch of six. So mm-hmm. for my work days. Um, and just having that lunch is, like, my favorite part of the day because it's food that someone made. It tastes like a restaurant made it, but it happens to be healthy. And that just, I don't care what I eat the rest of the day, the same lunch and dinners all the time, and I don't. I'm done. I've got it out of my system. (laughs) Um, Okay. How much do you spend on groceries a month? Oh, okay. So I did, I did the math knowing that you were going to ask me this question and I had not done the math in a long time. So this number shocked me when I first saw it. Um, It is about $480 a month. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, it's pretty, it's pretty evenly half and half. So the meal service that I use is $10 a meal. I do six, six delivered to me weekly. That's 60 bucks a week, uh, two forty for that. And then I spend about 60, you know, 50 to 60 a week on groceries at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, if I weren't doing the meal prep service, I could probably have that as a much, much lower number. But to me, the, the relief I feel from that is so worth it. Um, we we talked about meal prep services a little bit last week on the show, and one of the things I think they're good for is either you know you know how to cook, but you just you don't it you don't have time, and it's like a good in between, or folks that are learning how to cook mm-hmm. and like literally look at a grocery store and are very confused by all the items and how to put them together and turn them into food. Oh yeah, and I feel like the step by step of a lot of those meal prep services, even if it's 
a oh, lot. Oh, like the boxes where you get all the ingredients? Yeah. I have people deliver just like my straight up meals in a little Tupperware wow. ready to go. And it's only, so $10 a meal is very similar to the meal prep services where you actually have to do your work yourself. So yeah. you you have a pretty good deal with your... Uh, I, I like it a lot. I feel like the, what I tell my clients, too, is it's like if you're eating out, you're easily spending $10 a meal. Yeah. And you're not getting a meal your coach would approve of probably most <laughs> of the time. Uh, this The service that I use is actually run by a former client of mine. And so someone that I know uh, has healthy values. I love their food. It tastes like a professional quality meal. And it's like, yeah, for 10 bucks, it's it's fine. And it's delivered to my house. You can't get any better than that. I'm, I would not go pick something up if I had to go somewhere to get it. Uh, uh i i am much i am much cheaper than that because i you know i was very excited that i ate a burrito out yesterday i planned for oh, it for fancy. like weeks in advance and it was five dollars and fifty cents so how about this okay so emily if someone's totally convinced that they want to start doing this batch cooking thing what do you what are the first steps that you recommend if someone wants to try this out this weekend? Yeah. Step number one, I usually have people pick just one meal that they're going to batch cook. Right. So don't don't like it's very overwhelming to say I'm going to change everything in my life right now. Ready to go. Um, instead, I would say, you know, decide that you're only going to batch cook maybe your lunches. That's an area where a lot of people will tend to eat out. Um, say you're only going to batch prep your lunches. You're going to cook all the ingredients ahead of time and then you're either gonna depending on what it is you might either assemble them the night before put it in the fridge tupperware ready to pull it out and just walk out the door in the morning or um portion it all out and just be ready to go but your your step number one is just identifying what the plan is so that it doesn't feel overwhelming yep um i'm a big fan of if you're gonna embark on like a three-hour cooking expedition find some podcasts you like to listen to <laughs> oh my dollar could be one of them but um I like to find something that will really keep my brain off kind of the mundane task of like chopping and washing oh, yeah. things. Um, and then, you know, the I find the time flies by if I've been doing a lot of cooking, if I'm listening to a podcast and suddenly I'm like, oh my God, I have five dishes on the stove and yeah, I don't know what happened to the well, past hour. Or like audiobook. Yeah. Just like using it as a time to multitask. <laughs> yeah. I don't normally, I'm not usually a big fan of multitasking, but cooking is the one place where I feel like it uses about half my brain and the other half can be used on. I only occasionally get distracted and burn stuff because I'm so involved in the story on a podcast. <laughs> only occasionally. It's pretty rare. What percentage of food burning is related to <laughs> distracted cooking? Is related to like serial podcast or something. I feel like if you are not feeling confident about your ability to batch cook after this episode, I'm not sure I can help you. Yeah, I mean, well, I, like the final piece of advice on it is always just to like do it before you are sure that it doesn't work is try something for a, a, a while. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, how can people keep up with you? Uh, well, they can follow us on social media. We have a website, boldandbadass.com. And then we have an event coming up later this month for people who are new to the gym. We actually have two events coming up. One is a Richard Simmons-themed workout. Uh, pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic if you just happen to own some short shorts and saggy socks. Um, a Richard Simmons-themed workout on Friday the 23rd at 6.30. And then the next day, immediately after on the 24th, we're uh, having a guest in to do a body positivity workshop. This is so core to what we do um, and really great for just connecting with yourself, with your body, with what you want from your health and fitness. Awesome. Um, and I am teaching a budgeting workshop at your Hell gym. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a couple months off. It's like two months off. But in early August, if people want to come talk about money at the gym, we are going to be doing a budget like a badass thing at Bold and Badass. Well, I hope that this encouraged some listeners to give batch cooking a try. Like Emily said, might as well try it. 
and find out if it's not for you before you decide that it's not for you. Um, that wraps our show for today. This week's producer is Lindsay Smith, filling in for Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki, and I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening, and until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you.